Hi guys and welcome to uh, episode 75 of the Chasing Pars Golf podcast. Um, it's a special one uh, today. I am joined by uh, DP World Tour professional uh, Nicholas Norgard Muller. Uh, I don't think I've got that correct, but uh, you can correct me if possible. How are you? Yeah. Uh, it's it's close enough. It's uh, if you want to go full Danish, it's uh, Niklas Nørgaard Müller, and you know it's the same with every other announcer and everyone. It's uh, what you did is is it, not too bad. It's the same, you know that the O with the slash through. Same with the Højgaard. Uh, if you just pronounce it as an O, it's uh, it's good enough. We know what you mean. <laughs> I mean. I mean, just me being Scottish in general, it's pretty hard to pronounce uh, anyway, so yeah, I'll, I'll give it my best shot. But uh, how are you anyway? How's how's life on tour? And I believe you're back in Copenhagen just now. Uh, yes, I'm back here. I've uh, been home for one week. Uh, before that, it's been I've been playing, I think there has been eight or nine events so far, and, and I've gotten into five of them. Um so it's nice to be back for a few weeks, uh, home for three weeks, and then, you know, the end of outside Europe is uh, is on, and we're back to Europe, which is quite nice. Uh, I'm trying to find out my routine about traveling and everything. I've, I've been booking all my flights until late August now, and just trying to get home Sunday night, uh, having a night or two homes, and then travel out Tuesday morning. Um, and hopefully that works. Uh, so you've just come off. Um, uh, obviously, you, you the last event was the Commercial Bank Guitar Masters, and we were literally just joking there about um, guitar in general. Literally that week, um, that must have been a fun week for you <laughs> with thirty <laughs> miles per hour wind. <laughs> Well, for six days, it was quite fun. And then I got into the wind. As we were just talking about, um, the first two days were was quite okay. And I, I believe the the leader was minus eight after the first day. And, and the winner score ended up being minus seven, which is quite unusual on, on the DP World Tour or any higher tour. Uh, but in the weekend, there was just so much wind. And, and as we talked about, I was... I was a win when when hitting into the wind. There was between four and five clubs more than usual, <laughs> which is just wow. an absolute guessing game. You're trying to make the good decisions, and you know, but it's just yeah, it's just a good guess at the end of it. Uh, so how how do you adapt to? Obviously, you know it's going to be thirty miles per hour wind. How do you prepare for that kind of test? Do you just is it just basically a guessing game, or is it you you have to come up with a different kind of strategy from you your usual? Well, yeah, it's 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 not just a guessing game, but it's just the marginals of hitting bad shots are so small. You can look so stupid very easily because um, you know hitting into side winds. You have to be very, very certain about what kind of curve you hit into it, uh, because if you're trying to hit a straight shot or a draw into a left to right wind and you and you just catch it in the heel a little bit, the ball is just gone. And you know, in my in my earlier, I have a, 
I have a little bit of swing speed. So in my earlier career, I, I couldn't really, you know, control it that much. So when I got into a, a wind into the into the head, I was just hitting it harder and harder, and the ball was just spinning more and more and more. So a, a day like that is just trying to swing within yourself and and trying to just keep a good rhythm, and that's what I was trying to do. But unfortunately, that Sunday just uh, just wasn't good enough. How would you assess your five uh, your five tournaments so far on the DP World Tour since uh, graduating last year from the Challenge Tour? Because um, uh, f- f- from the record that I can see here, you've uh, you've made all five weekends, which is pretty impressive, uh, obviously for just uh, stepping up last year. Thank How would you. you assess your play so far? Yeah, it's it's been nice to have um, all four rounds in all five events, uh, but you know more once more, and it seems like I've had three good days in in every in every tournament, but just have have had one day that has just been not good enough and and on the DP World Tour just one day off is is just not going to get there because the guys are just too good um and then what happens when one round is bad and the other ones are good and I I I would try spending the last week thinking about that what what have happened um <laughs> I'm not entirely sure but um it's just once you're there, you know, five cuts are fine and good uh, coming onto the tour. But it's just when you're there, you know, in Qatar, for example, I played in the third to last group. And then you're not satisfied when finishing 49th. Um, so it's just a little bit about the the patience I'm working on. Um, just, you know, hopefully get there soon. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I find it quite interesting how you just mentioned that. Obviously, the third to last group. Does that um, do you get easily frustrated on a golf course, or are you quite a calm and collected person? Um, like, would you say you get easily frustrated uh, in that kind of circumstance? Well, I was actually having a good. I was having a good conversation with my caddy, bro. Uh, on the on the morning before the final round, and uh, we we're just talking about, you know, no matter what happens today, let's just stay to the concept of our game and don't don't get frustrated. And um, for me, I I can get quite frustrated um, after a bad shot or whatever, but I'm I'm also quite good at just leaving it behind quickly. Um, and it's just on that particular day, you know, I, I I was playing the first seven holes perfectly, and then we missed just the wind a little bit, made a stupid double bogey and a bogey after that, and then just try to hunt a little bit too much, and there's just you cannot do that in that kind of weather. There you just want to find the fairway, find the middle of the green, and then make two putts. Um, and that's where the it just tipped over, and yeah, that's that's about the assessment of that. Uh, so how 
how have you acclimatised to obviously um, stepping up as such onto the DP World Tour? Because um, obviously, obviously being in the Challenge Tour, it's it's still a very very good level. But um, obviously, DP World Tour being the second biggest uh, organisation in the sport, um, how do you how have you acclimatised to that? And have you done things differently from um, from your time on the Challenge Tour? Or does is it just the same kind of process and regarding practice and play, it's it's I do quite a bit the same. Uh, I would say that uh, last year on the Challenge Tour, we is obviously quite a different amount of money in it, and trying to save everywhere we could. So every time, always staying with a friend in a hotel room or or maybe renting a house, four people together, and we've been staying some. Yeah, some pretty shitty places. Um, it's a little bit of a different life outside the course on the DP World Tour. You, you most of the time, if you want, can stay. It's, 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 it's very easy to stay in the official hotel, and you want to do that because then you have courtesy cars. Um, it's maybe it's because I, you know, the guys I played with on the Challenge Tour, I've, I've been friends with them longer, so I. It's just, you know, then stepping away from those guys is uh, is a little bit different. And stepping into a new group of people and that's just, um, yeah, you just have to get a little bit used to that. And I'm still there. Um, it's, yeah, um, so, yeah. Yeah, so a, li- uh, a, a little bit more of a step up from the shitty places of the <laughs> of the challenge too, you just meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> quite a step up because we have been staying some, yeah, <laughs> interesting places. Um, but it's funny how you just get get used to it, and you know, it's it's nice staying in it's very nice staying in nice hotels, but it's. When we're there, we we're we're there to play golf, and that's all that matters. So everything besides that, it's nice, but it's not what it's about. And even though we we've been staying in big houses together, in well not big houses, but many people in in houses together on challenge tour, it's still the golf we're there for, and it's just fine. We want to go out and compete, um, and yeah. I think that's the that's a big yeah. Go ahead. No, no, sorry. You just finish off. I was, I was, I was literally about uh, asking our question. Sorry. No, uh, just finish off what you're saying. <laughs> it's okay. Um, yeah, I just lost a little bit. You can just go ahead with your next next question if you have. All right. Sorry, uh, <laughs> sorry okay. man. Uh, but um. So basically, my next question was going to be: um, so, out out with the golf side of things um, on tour, do you do you and any of the other players do do, do you get to uh, explore much of the cities, or do you get to do any sightseeing out with out with the golf side of things? Well, trying to. Uh, two weeks ago, when we were in uh, South Africa, for example, I. Um, I'm a part of this birdies for rhinos where for every birdie I donate, I, for every birdie I make, I donate an amount of money to this uh, conversations of rhinos. 
And there we went out a group of uh, five guys to for a safari. Um, so we stayed there Sunday night, stayed there Monday night, and then we flew out Sunday uh, Monday evening. And you know, when you're in Africa, you want to see some f- safari, and and we did that. And it's just it's stupid because we travel so much of the world, and and so often just end up seeing the golf course and the hotel. I'm really trying to do something on the Monday or the Tuesday, uh, just seeing some part of where we are, because otherwise we could, it wouldn't matter if we're in Qatar, South Africa, or Singapore or, or Spain, it's all the same. So I'm, I'm really trying to, uh, and that's, I, I bring my girlfriend out sometimes and, and then she, she is better than me at it. Just, you know, wanting to see something of, uh, of the, the places we're at. Um, I think that's very important because it, it, I would be quite sad if, if I wake up in 15 years and have traveled the world, but not seen anything but golf courses and hotels. <laughs> I'd imagine at times it get a little bit boring, obviously. Uh, different city, different part of the world. Uh, just the golf course hotel and then back. <laughs> imagine is, that gets a bit is. boring. It is, but it's just because the the thing is that the the days out there uh, on the golf course end up being so long, even though it's tournament days or if it's practice days. Uh, for example, it Monday is usually a traveling day, and then I I try to take that day off, and then we we're out there Tuesday, and then we're playing maybe eighteen holes, that takes five hours, and then practice before and after, and then the we end up being on the golf course for, I don't know, nine hours, being tired after. And then um, it's just so easy to just go go back and lie in your hotel. And then the Wednesday is, is maybe four, five, six hours of golf. And then we start the tournament. And it just, the days just go so quickly and we're tired after. Yeah, I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't yeah, imagine. you can imagine, but uh, excuses should just take a couple of hours on the Tuesday, on the Monday, just to see something. Yeah, but want to want to get better at that. Uh, so, so let's just uh, kind of rewind back to the start a bit. So, um, so just uh, if, for for those who don't really know who you are, um, just tell us a little bit about yourself and um, how you kind of came into the game of golf in general. Yes, well, um, I when I was about nine or ten years old, uh, my dad, the classic story, my dad took me to the golf course. And here in Denmark, you had to be ten years old to become a member of a golf club. Um, I had tried to be on the range two or three times before that. And then I was signed up to a golf course uh, when I was 10. And uh, we're a group of maybe four, five, six people, uh, six guys starting at the same time. And us six, we ended up practicing and, and playing a lot together. Nothing serious, just for fun. I was playing football on the side. Uh, all this other kind of stuff. Um, so golf was just something I did maybe two or three times a week. And then when I was about, I don't know, 15 something, I started to be, to to spend a little bit more time on it. And I, I wasn't really good, but 
yeah, it, it, it just never came easy to me. Uh, my, my, you know, rhetorics, what do you call it in English? You know, my, my biodynamics in the golf swing weren't very good, but I just thought it was fun playing. And um, then I remember when I was maybe about 15 or 16, um, I went to this national team tryout. And after that weekend, I, I wasn't selected for the national team. But after that weekend, I said to myself, I really, I really, really want to do this. And then I went home and I started practicing hard um, and a lot. And I watched movies, how to practice and read stuff and everything. I got very, very involved. And um, sooner or later, uh, I think it's two years after that, uh, I was selected for the national team. And that's uh, about as really, really big. I don't know how big it, I think it's big in Scotland as well, but in, in, in Denmark too, it's, yeah, being part of the national team is quite big and it's, uh, you know, good education in golf. Is that the same in Scotland? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would say so. Certainly, um, certainly over the the past few years, with the the amount of uh, rise in talent uh, in the Scottish game, uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then uh, I think I was, I think I was twenty when I was selected for the national team, which is also quite late because most of the the guys come in when they're about fifteen or sixteen. And then get their swing builds up, build up that way. But I, I had my own, you know, made up swing that was that was good enough for what it was, but but wasn't much future in it. But I could I could I could score pretty well on that level. And then I I had a few years um, on the national team, making absolutely no results, just trying to to build a swing for the for the future. Or something that could hold up under a professional career, and um, then I was, you know, we we're actually <laughs> um, in 2015 uh, when I was 22. Uh, we actually played the European Team Championship and got up in the final against Scotland. I don't know if you knew <laughs> that, but uh, yeah. we ended up losing that year. But we're still in the final, and I talked about I, I was playing practice round with uh, you and Ferguson two weeks ago in South Africa, and we talked about moment, and uh, yeah, he was on that winning team. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing when you think of it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how uh, how you can well now on the DP World Tour that's some of the guys that I played. Uh, amateur golf stuff with uh, some junior stuff with uh, we play together here that's quite cool to know and see yeah because i believe it because uh, i believe at that time it would have been the likes of ewan ferguson uh, connor seam uh, or Sime, whatever you call him. um yeah. yeah players like that grant forest i mean it must be on that team yeah. uh, grant forest yeah i mean uh, it, it, it must be it must be fun obviously um if you if you play with these guys on the tour, that uh, that you can have you know a little bit of a laugh about uh, the good old amateur days and stuff. So that that must be quite a good feeling. Yeah, because when it's funny because when you're an amateur, 
and obviously you know you're right in it but you think that's the most important thing in the world but once you once you finish your amateur career and get a few years into a pro career the amateur stuff is is memories it's not forgotten but the results doesn't matter as much um but it's still good memories but then i i turned pro so in 2016 that was my first pro career well pro pro year and then um, i started out on the nordic league which is the third level in scandinavia where you know we're 200 300 guys trying to make that top five to get a challenge to a card and the the first year i maybe finished 70th on the ranking uh i haven't checked maybe if, if you check in your research here i don't know if you if, if that's correct but i i was never any close mm -hmm. to that top five <laughs> uh 2016 you said yeah <laughs> uh it was uh tied uh i believe it's about tied 24th or something like that it's maybe in one yeah, but I think in the ranking, I finished 70. Um, but for some reason, the year after, I got uh, some invites for the Challenge Tour. And, you know, playing Nordic League, you are playing with all your mates from amateur golf. You're driving around together uh, to every tournament. You can drive to, to pretty much every tournament uh, around Scandinavia. And you're, you're having a good time. And, but it's just the same environment as, as you've always been in. And, you know, practice and play is, is very much based and defined by the environment. So you, you're looking at all the other people, seeing what they're doing and, and you're adapting. But then I, I got seven invites for the challenge tour for the next year. And I got up there and I saw what people were doing there. And that was quite different because people were just trying to do their own stuff. You know, they were having a good time together, but once they were on the golf course, they were just doing their own stuff. Um, and then after they could could have the good time with their mates, and I, I didn't earn a challenge to a card through those seven invites, um, but but I what I took back to the Nordic League the year after was I had been seeing what the guys were doing, and then I came down on Nordic League again, and and I just saw that it was it was very very different. And I tried to adapt that into my to my own game, and um, I said no to seven invites on the challenge tour the following year, and because I wanted to see what I could do on the Nordic League and trying to get in that top five, and uh, that ended up being a, a pretty good year. Yeah, um, well, we'll gloss over the Nordic Golf League uh, like very shortly because uh, um, yeah, it's been a pretty impressive rise in the Nordic Golf League for yourself. Um, I, I just find it quite interesting that it obviously you just admitted that uh, you focused primarily on the Nordic Golf League uh, rather than you know the six or seven. Uh, invites you got the challenge to, um, yes. I yeah, I, I find that, that quite because, interesting. Obviously, yeah, that was because. Obviously, was that Sorry, was that was that just a case of uh, was that just a case of uh, obviously just trying to get into the top five and getting full time status on the challenge to, but was that a case of you know 
um, improving your golf game in general? Well, I kind of think so. And the thing is that if you have, you can you can maximum get seven or eight invites for the challenge. So, and, and you're competing against guys who have uh, 25, 30 tournaments to play. It's just there, if you're not very, very exceptional talented, it's it's just tough to compete when people and the the other players are playing three, four times the amount of tournaments you're playing. It's it's difficult to to earn a card that way. And then I just thought it, it's quite stressful um, for those if you have those seven or eight starts. That okay, if you're not doing well in the first, now I only have six left. And then if you're not doing well in the second, only five. It's just quite stressful. So. I just wanted a full season where I could just uh, focus on, you know, I know I have all these events and uh, if I don't play well in the first ones, I can do well the next ones. And um, I started out uh, that season with, um, you know, I played my first year on Nordic League, then the second year of Challenge Tour. And then the third year on Nordic League again, and that year, that's that's where I said, okay, let's let's try and take everything I learned from those seven events last year on the Challenge Tour and bring it to Nordic League and see what happens. And that's when I had six second places and a win uh, to win the ranking and mm-hmm. get that top five. Yeah, the 2019 season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, well, well, just just seeing as we're talking about it now, uh, um, yeah, just just going into that 2019 season, um, overall you won the Nordic Golf League, um, Nordic Golf League Order of Merit, um, which obviously got you onto the Challenge Tour and stuff. Um, you had the one win. At the race to Himmerland uh, at the back end of 2019, uh, you had six second place finishes, including three, including I believe it was three tied second finishes, like back to back to back. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, does does that get frustrating uh, knowing that you finished second, second, and second for like three weeks in a row? Like, does that get frustrating at all? Well, it could have been, but funny story was that the week before the first second place, uh, I had I had no money left. I had I think I had to play two more events in my bank account, so I was desperately in need of a, a of a good result. And then um, I finished those three tournaments in a le- in a row, all second, and that that could be frustrating. But I was just happy to get some money in. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, not fair enough, man. That's uh, because um, yeah, because between that time, uh, so between the between the the first second place finish at the Tarnum Strand uh, Fjell back open. Uh, and uh, the the Esbjerg Open uh, towards the kind of end of the end of the 2019 season. I mean, you, you went on this kind of incredible run of form. 
tied second, tied second, tied second, tied eleventh, tied third, tied sixth, tied twenty fifth, second, tied sixth, tied fourth, tied fifth, and second. I mean. I mean, to play that well every week, that's pretty fucking amazing. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I mean, that's very impressive. Thanks. I remember I had, I think I had three or four tournaments in a row where um, my scoring average was 66. And, you know, when you're in that, <laughs> when you're in that kind of game, it's just, you don't feel like you can do anything wrong. And it's funny how golf is like that. And then, you know, very soon after, you can feel like, how do I even shoot on the 72? And that's just the, the game of golf. It's hard to understand sometimes. But it's just when when you're playing good, it's just to get absolutely the most out of every tournament in that period. Because it's, it's not going to last forever. And that's just facts yeah. for everyone. Uh, yeah, I, I, I take it basically your your confidence must have been to the moon and back, um, basically to the moon and back after after that kind of run of form. Um, that obviously that that culminated in the in the win at the race to Himmerland, uh, and then you finished tied second at the tour final in the Nordic Golf League as well. So, I mean, what kind of what kind of um, kind kind of thoughts do you take from that th- that kind of season in general, where you finished? I believe you had thirteen top ten finishes in one season. I mean, what do you take away from that? Yeah, well, yeah. Um, the, the the cool thing was that that whole year I had just been in my in my technique practice, I had just been working on the same exact two things uh, in my swing. And you know, everyone, every time I was on the on the practice ground on the range, I was just working on these two things. And then I was, I knew my swing so well that every time I came out on the golf course, and maybe I'd been playing bad for the first three holes, but I knew so well how to correct myself. So maybe I've been playing the first three holes bad, but then I I, I could, took charge of my of my swing and and the rest of the round. And actually, this this period, uh, I don't I don't think for the last two years on the challenge tour or this beginning of the season, I have not been driving it it well at all. And I've been trying to look back on videos and and notes and evaluations of of that year and. Uh, and have trying to find that pattern again, and um, because you know I've been trying so much different stuff since then, and uh, that's where I am right now uh, with those same exactly two things, trying to get my driving back. Uh, but but just turning back to that 2019 season, um, I was working on those things, and and it's funny because I I'd always thought that you know coming out of playing not so good or not being at the top of the rankings, something major had to happen. But nothing major at all happened that year. It was just, you know, just started to make a little bit of results and then some better results. And then the whole thing was just snowballing. Um, And then just a complete 
you know, path of confidence, just, you know, made my way through those, those good results. Yeah, because, um, because going into the 2020 season, um, yeah, obviously making the kind of, well, step up uh, as such into the challenge to, um, well, getting more challenge to events, um, anyway, um, it looked like you were kind of struggling to get to grips with uh, life on uh, life back on the challenge to um, at the start of the year before um, this was before the pandemic anyway uh, mm-hmm. with um, with three events uh, you you actually played you actually got a start at the Dubai Desert Classic um, at the the start of 2020. Uh, then it was the Limpopo and then the Cape Town Open. And then I believe it cut off for COVID. Um, did did the kind of COVID break come at the right kind of time? Um, the right kind of time then? And uh, what kind of things did you have to uh, work on uh, when things uh, kind of got back to normal uh, at the Austrian and the Euron Bank Open? No, I don't, I don't think it came at a good point, the COVID. It's just, for me, you know, those first events, stepping up to a newer tour, I, I felt very much as a guest on that tour, as a tourist, like it wasn't yeah. my place. I know I earned my spot, but it's just very, very different and just had to feel comfortable in that environment. Very much as, as this year on the DP World Tour, stepping onto a new thing, it's just, it feels like, you know, it's deserved to get there once you're on your card, not playing an invites, but it's just, you know, it just feels different and, and, and like, a, as I said, like a tourist there. Uh, so for that year mm-hmm. on the Challenge Tour, I just had to get used to the stuff and then just feel comfortable with it. And then... Once I got comfortable with it, the results kind of came a little bit better. Um, yeah, so I, I, I wouldn't say I was lucky to get the, the COVID break. It was just a matter of getting more comfortable in the in the new environment. Yeah, and then um, you you dropped back down to the Nordic Golf League to play the, the SBR Golf. Where where you ended up winning, um, you ended up winning the Esberg Open by two shots, um, I believe at eleven under. Um, uh, how did that? How did that feel? Obviously, obviously going on to win the tournament, and did that did that uh, give you more confidence going forward? Uh, back back onto challenge to the life. Yeah, I would say so, uh, because. Uh, before that, I had just made the step up and playing on a newer tour, the Challenge Tour, trying to get comfortable. And then when stepping down again, I felt more than comfortable. I felt, yeah, I felt very good and I could just completely play my own game and, and did well there. But, um, you know, obviously winning always gives a lot of confidence and uh, there were just not a lot of tournaments to play that year, and it, and we were only playing for a top five that would make the DP World Tour cut. Uh, so that's quite a tight needle eye. Um, but um, but yeah, winning always gives confidence, no matter how big the win is or on what tour. 
yeah, because um, because towards the end of the limited uh, challenge tour schedule that year, uh, you finished uh, a respectable tied 18th in Portugal, tied 30th in uh, the Italian Challenge, tied 14th at the Andalusia Challenge, and uh, tied for finish at the Challenge Two Grand Final. So the evidence yeah, kind of was there that the evidence kind of was there that. Uh, yeah, true, very very true. But um, I remember coming down at the. I just, uh, I just barely made it into the Grand Final. I think I was number 46 in the ranking. And I had to win to get into the top five. If I if I was to win, I would be number four in the ranking and get the DP World Tour card. And coming down the 18th hole, I, it's a par five in Mallorca, and I had to eagle it to um, it to get into a playoff and potentially get the card. And I remember I, I hit this extremely long drive, so I only had a nine iron left. And you know, I just had to get up and down with a nine iron to get the to get into a playoff. And that was, you know, I just I just barely made it into the final, and now I have a chance to actually get a DP World Tour card or European Tour at that point. Um, and I, I hit it onto the green, but uh, I went for it and, and ended up three putting instead and finished fifth in that event, and then twentieth in the ranking. But just moments like this where where you feel so close to to what your goals have always been, uh, that feeling is extremely, extremely, um, extremely good and and incredible. And that's yeah, that's kind of why we practice and play golf to go to go get those uh, adrenaline rush experiences. And yeah, just quickly going on to 2021 as well and. Um... 2021, I would say, was obviously, uh, obviously it was a good year for you because, um, well, you had um, you had a couple of top five finishes um, uh, at the Range Servant Challenge and the the Real Check Challenge. You also had uh, a a decent amount of um, finishes between fourth and tenth that year, and. Now, obviously, that that ended up um, resulting in you finishing 16th uh, overall in the 2021 uh, the challenge to race to Mallorca standards, which obviously in the end got you your tour card that uh, you desperately, well, you had been desperately playing for at the end. So. How would you assess your 2021 game in general? Uh, obviously, did you did you did you feel like that year that uh, like that this was the year that um, you could kind of fulfil your potential and um, get your DP World Tour card? Uh, no, not my best playing season. My best playing season ever has still been the 2019, where I felt most comfort, confident with the 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 swing and the game and everything. But I remember, um, you know, when we started out on the challenge tour last year, I played the thir- first three events and then we got to Sweden to play. And I, I, I'd made some okay results uh, in the first three events, but um, I'm very much of a thinker and sometimes overthink a lot. And, uh, but I like to, 
you know, just I'm I'm always analyzing what I'm doing good and what I'm doing bad. And I remember we were in Sweden. This is the fourth event of the year last year, and you know I was I was getting the ball around in a in a in a solid score, but I I just wasn't feeling very much in control of my game. And so I said, okay, well I I think it was the night of the second event, no, of the second round, and I just left my phone at home, and I I just wanted to think it all through and everything about my game and, and what I needed. So so I took a walk for myself um, for an hour out in the forest and just, you know, analyzing everything I was doing. And, and you know, I was walking out there and maybe I was, and just at this moment, there was just like a, you know, in the cartoons where a, a light bulb just comes up over your head. I just got this idea mm-hmm. of exactly this is what I need to do. and. And, you know, in Sweden, the lights are maybe out at 10 at night. The sun goes down at 10 at night. So 8.30 at night, I, I drive back from the hotel to the golf course and, and picked up some golf balls. And this swing thought I I had been thinking of, and I, I thought, this is what I need. I was just beating balls from 8.30 to 10 o'clock till sundown. And the next two two days, I just I just hit it so flush. And I, I finished fourth in that event and the, the week after 21st. And then I got an invite to the main Denmark finishing eighth and the week after fourth. So that was a very, very good run. Um, but then I just made some bad decisions and, and played too much in a row. I ended up playing 10 weeks in a row and I was just completely dead mentally. And, and my, yeah. my swing just fell apart. Uh, and I was I, I, I didn't play golf very good the following two months um, so I just ended up putting so much pressure on myself because I was lying between 17th and, and 23 on the ranking the whole season and all everyone is thinking about is getting in that top 20 and every week in and out it was just where where am I on the ranking now and that was just that's a lot of pressure for, for a full year whereas some of the guys had just finished off you know uh, securing the card already in in June. Yeah, um, during that ten week stretch, like you obviously just admitted that um, you were completely burned out playing basically ten weeks in a row. Um, what kind of the what 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 kind of did you do at that kind of time uh, after that ten weeks? Did you have to did you have to reevaluate how you were going to kind of finish your season, or did you um, or did you just keep going as normal and just take a couple of weeks off and kind of re-energize yourself? Uh, what 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 kind of did you do after that kind of ten week stretch? I had those ten weeks in a row, and then. I've been playing good golf, so I didn't think I needed much time off. I just took one week off, and that was a huge mistake because mm-hmm. I was completely burned out. Uh, so I took that week off and 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 relaxed uh, for that week, and um, and went back to playing. And you know, my 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 head was apart, and my swing was rockish. So mm-hmm. I I think I came back and missed the next two cuts. Because I, I couldn't hit the planet. In hindsight, I should have taken one, two, three, 
one or two, three, one or two uh, weeks more off. But it's just, you know, having the balls to say, okay, well, I take this week off and I don't care about the, the other guys getting past me on the ranking. But I was so, so in this thought of, you know, I need points for the ranking all the time. And instead of just having the guts to say this this week extra off is better than playing one week and missing the cut or getting a few points, I just I just had I didn't have that and and that's very good to, you know learning now looking back at it but I, I just couldn't see it in the moment. Was uh, would you say it was a kind of would you say it was a kind of fear as such that um that maybe you were uh, maybe you were feared that if if you did obviously obviously play miss a cut that obviously these guys that are kind of behind you in the rankings were going to sneak up and you were kind of going to miss out uh, altogether on a tour card 100 percent, because every point matters but if if you're not there 100 percent with your swing or your mind it's just yeah you, you might as well be home but I, I definitely had the fear of of guys coming behind me and, and taking my place uh, so I, I wanted to play as many tournaments as I could. Uh, but yeah, in hindsight, and, and what I've promised myself this year is the guts to take a week off. And, and because it's for the better, it's not better to be out there and playing if you're not you know, competitive enough. And you see the, the top guys in the world there, they, they have that. They don't have that fear. They're playing maybe ter- 20 tournaments a year. And I just... Just performing so well in those events uh, instead of playing 35 and performing so so in, in many of them. So in in about mid August, uh, you 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 missed the cut in the Maiden Esberg Challenge, but after that, after that, you went on a very very consistent run where you made every single cut uh, towards the end of the year. Uh, with uh, uh, three top ten, three top ten finishes uh, in that run to to end the year, to obviously, uh, uh, as I alluded to uh, very briefly, that you finished sixteenth overall in the race to Mallorca standings. Um, how did you? F- uh, how did you feel uh, kind of about round about that time, um, round about the time of uh, it's getting closer to the race to Mallorca standards or, or basically the, the the Mallorca Challenge Tour event, uh, the final, how did you feel round about that time? Was there any nerves at all or did you just feel in the zone? Oh no, I was very nervous. Uh, not so much, well not on the course. But in between rounds, um, I was very, you know, the time took so long and I just wanted the season to be finished and being in that top 20. But, you know, my game was probably a lot better than those results, even though I made every cut. But I just put so much pressure on myself to trying to secure that card before the final that I was just standing in the way of myself. And up until... The week before the final, uh, I think the coming into the final, I was 21st on the ranking, and uh, we had one week off before. And that was in that week, 
I just came to the realization that, okay, you know, whatever is going to happen is going to happen. I can just try and do my best and then the result will follow. But I, I cannot force myself to, to make birdies or make good scores. Uh, I just do my preparations and then whatever happens, happens. Uh, and that was, that was quite good for me. But because up until then, I've just been trying to force everything and, and you cannot do that in golf. Uh, so when we get to the final, I play I play a bad first round with 45 guys and I'm ranked, I think I'm placed 40th after the first round. And then I play a good second round and a good third round and I'm coming into the final round, I'm, I don't know, 15. And I, I know I need a top 10 to, to be 100% sure. I take it on the I take it on the round four. Um, obviously, pre-event you just admitted you were nervous, but I take I take it the ner- the nerves were pretty much ten times worse for that round four. A hundred percent. I I played a very good third round, but finished uh, the the round with a double bogey on the eighteenth hole. And I was just so furious. And the time before, between the end of the third round and the beginning of the the fourth round has been the longest in my life, maybe. Because I remember waking up three times that night where I had dreamt that I had made the top 20. And then I wake up and realize, oh, that's just a dream. Go back to bed. Dream it again. I'm in top 20. <laughs> Go back to bed again. <laughs> it's just, you know, just get it over with. And getting up to that get that first tee, I, it was like watching myself in third person. I was so, so nervous. And, and that was just, that just, that swing just came down to muscle memory because I don't know how I hit that ball. And then once I got playing, uh, you know, it was, it was okay. Uh, I didn't play very well, but it was very windy. It was not easy. And, you know, it's just about being patient, Mike Caddy was very good there. And when I get to uh, hole 12, I have my mom and my dad and my sister down there. And we have a pretty good crowd because I'm playing with uh, Matteo Menacero and Marcel Sim. Oh, and it's yeah. A, and it's a German league wow. club. So we have the whole we have the whole crowd of the day. And but I don't I don't mind playing in front of people. I, I like it and I like the wars and everything. Uh, but I look out on hole 12 on my on my parents and my sister, and try to smile, and and they don't smile back at all. So I know, okay, I have to step up. I'm too over for the day at that point. And I know afterwards that I was projected 23 on the ranking there. So that's that's why I, they didn't smile back. And then um, <laughs> I, I make a birdie on hole uh, 14 that get me going and. And then finish off birdie birdie to to get in the to get in that top twenty. So when you realised that um, you had finished in the top twenty and that you had um, you obviously you'd won your tour card to go on to well it was the European tour obviously now the DP World Tour. Um, what were the were there were there any crazy uh, crazy celebrations afterwards? Uh, well, in the weeks to come. 
Oh, I remember standing on hole 18 in regular play, and I I, I didn't know what this what the scores would be, or, but I knew that if I would finish with a par, I would probably be okay and settle for the top 20. So I was just thinking, okay, well, whatever happens in the next 15 minutes, it's either you can try one more year on the challenge tour, or you can, you know, get up to the dreams of what the life or well, all the dreams of, you know, what I've been thinking about since I was 10 years old or 15 years old. And um, then I headed into the fairway and, and I miss it on the left and, and actually, I'm in the hazard, but I can I can chip it up, miss the green, and I have a I can putt it from outside the green, but I have a nine meter putt, and I make that, and you know, that's the I've never tried cocaine, but I think that's the feeling when you take cocaine <laughs> because that was absolutely <laughs> insane. Uh, oh, I mean, uh, I mean. Uh, Oh, just just a drug, just a drug of one of your tour card. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then uh, uh, after that, was there any men? Sorry. Was there any was there any mental celebrations? Obviously, with uh, Marcus winning the tournament as well. Um, was there mental celebrations with Marcus as well? Are you good friends with Marcus? Yeah, Hel- yeah that was Hel- yeah, very because we've been staying together a, a few times that year, and yeah, there's just very well. He was actually he was safely in before the the final, but him winning and both of us getting our cards was just it was a very good feeling. And then the the challenge tour had rented a bar in the harbor of uh, Mallorca, and where everybody could come celebrate. And the top twenty guys. Us guys who had been in the top 20 had been competitors all year, but us together that night, you know, sharing that moment together that we had earned our card, that was something pretty special, and, and we had a good night. That's <laughs> a really good night. About five, about five bottles of champagne or something between you. <laughs> That's not five, enough. Five, five, Way five. more. <laughs> <laughs> the champagne showers, beer showers, everything. Champagne showers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean that sounds fun. That sounds fun. Obviously the uh, the celebrations and stuff. I mean, I mean after a, a very long and hard season, I guess it thoroughly deserves uh, uh, that uh, thoroughly deserved to have that kind of celebration. And um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I you got your card. When, that- when you, yeah, when, I don't, I don't, I don't even know if anything can compare to it because when you if you win your first event. It's you know it's on you and and the team around you that are probably not even there. Maybe you have your coach there, but here we we're just we're happy for each other as well. And it was we're not a team at all, but we we could just share that moment together, um, just like maybe the Ryder Cup guys can. They they're a team and can share it together. It's just that's something special. Did you um did you get the t- uh, did you get the chance to um. That was your caddy and champagne afterwards. <laughs> uh, I, I don't remember all of the night. Maybe, maybe <laughs> after two. But he deserved. Maybe game. after. Yeah. Maybe after two or three or four or five, maybe. <laughs> exactly. 
but I, I made this decision to um, to take on a friend for that uh, for that event, and just because I knew that I needed somebody that could calm me down in between shots and between rounds and everything, and he did just an exceptional job doing that. Uh, right. So, um, so I just want to talk a little bit about um, just Danish golf in general because obviously they, the the current crop of Danish talent coming through on both the Challenge Tour and the and the DP World Tour is uh, it's a pretty special time to be a Danish golfer. I'd imagine. Um, obviously. Obviously, Marcus Helikili winning the the, uh, the challenge tour last year. He's an exceptional talent. The likes of yourself, the Hoygaard twins, um, Jeff, Jeff Winther, Thurby and Allison, Lucas Beauregard, all these type of players all are mm. all either winners or playing very well. Um, would you say it's the best time for to be a, a Danish golfer? With the talent coming through, it's, uh, it's it's quite impressive. With the, I know we're ten guys this year with a with a full card, and um, you know what the guys have done in the last couple of years is just very very impressive. We also had a Anna Madsen. She uh, she won a LPGA tour for the first time in Danish history as well. Two oh, weeks ago. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, Emily. Emily Pedersen as well is also um, yeah. floating between the LA teachers. Exactly. And it's just, you know, it's, it's quite impressive for such a small country. Uh, yeah. It's been a lot of wins the past couple of years. Uh, what, 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 what do you put that, uh, what do you put that down to? Um, the kind of Danish revolu- uh, revolution, as such, just now is it, uh, is it purely down to the purely down to the level of coaching uh, that's um, that's involved in the Danish game so far? I think that um, the level of coaching, the Danish golf union union has a has a big stake in it. Um, no, it, it, it's it's. It's uh, the country is so small that uh, the national coaches they take part of if the players want their help. Um, it's such a short drive that the national coaches drive around through the country to coach, uh, you know, good players. Um, so it's very it's a it's a quite a tight environment. Um, it's Danish Golf Academy, Junior Golf Academy, which is a tight environment too. It's just if you have a lot of good people in a, in a tight environment together, you have a lot of competition and you just produce yeah, good players. So it's it's not spread out of a at a big area, but all the, the good guys are pretty much uh, working at the same places and, and can compete. Whereas you've seen uh, Rasmus and Nikolaj Hoigl, they have always been competing together against each other and made two just incredible world-class players. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I listened to uh, on another podcast uh, one of the Danish coaches um, saying that um, 
yeah, obviously it's the it's the type of it's the type of level of corruption involved. Like obviously with it being a, a small country, like you could very easily turn uh, turn up to practice, and you've got like the likes of. Uh, JB Hansen on one side, and then you've got the likes of uh, Marcus on the other side. Is that is that kind of true in that kind of evaluation? I mean, is that very easily done? I mean, oh, you've yeah. got JB on one side, <laughs> you got JB one side, uh, Marcus the other side, and then you've got one of the Huygard twins. <laughs> it is, it is like that because you know the country is small and there are a lot of good players in a small area. So, for example, when we practice in the winter, uh, there is pretty much just one indoor facility uh, in the Copenhagen northern area. And there you have Marcus. I would go there. You have a few challenge two guys. JB would go there. Um, so it's just, and then we're standing within, you know, we're in the same facility. Uh, and then, you know, we're doing chipping contests, all these kind of contests together. And we all want to beat each other all the time. Uh, long driving contest, everything, and um, that contributes. Uh, I take it. Is there is is there ever any competition between uh, between say yourself and Nikolai for a dry, uh, a long drive contest? I mean, <laughs> is there any bragging rights here? Oh, trying to do each so. other. We're actually at the indoor facility. We we live in separate parts of the country. Uh, three hours in between us. There is an indoor facility where I live, and there is one in the, where he lives. And those are the main indoor facilities over the winter. And in both areas, there is a there is a wall where you write the distance and club speeds. And you know, uh, me and Nikolai, we we had betted at dinner throughout January who could gain the most club speed and the most ball speed and the most yardage. Uh, <laughs> so I promise you, there is a lot of competition between us. And we actually played that. There was a small match in the Russell Kaima, and he got me pretty good yeah. there. He got me pretty good there. But um, it all came comes down to the day. And yeah, well, he got me good there, and I have a good rematch. But... Uh, we're, we we pretty much have the same ball data and um, and um, and club speed. It's just about on the day where we hit it in the club place, I think. Because we we actually both have the same coach as well, and and steadily we're we're on 129 miles per hour, both of us, and, and one beginning cheese at 190s. That's Jeez. just very consistent for both of us. Uh, have you managed to uh, have you managed to kind of uh, generate the the speed distances of um, of the likes of Bryson and like Tony Fina and players like that? No, <laughs> not at all, not at all. <laughs> because it's like have you- I, I I have a very I have a high you know average uh, club speed, but I I cannot take it very very high. My maximum is one thirty six. So it's only seven above my my average swing speed. Have you ever tried to do the Bryson and like you know one ninety average? If that, 
<laughs> well, it's kind of a winter project, mm. uh, but it's also a, a scary path to go. Um, you see injuries and you know just losing a swing. Uh, you saw McElroy talk about that. It was it one year ago where he was trying to do. Obviously, when when Bryson he won the U.S. Open at the, with that margin, everybody went into yeah. that mode of trying to just hit it longer, and that's what everybody was talking about. How hard can you hit it, and you know how much have you gained in weight and everything. That was the that was the environment in Denmark at that point, hmm. and then you know it has died out a little bit. You know people are trying to gain all the time, but it it's not with the same momentum as before. Uh, and then you hear McElroy talking about it afterwards, where he was trying to do the same thing and, and just kind of lost his swing for a bit. Uh, did, did you kind of take any notice from what you know what Bryson was kind of doing at the US Open? Like, did did you take any kind of like encouragement from that? Try and maybe get more ball speed. A little bit over that winter, was trying to gain a little bit of weight and see. But I'm I'm a tall guy and lucky I have long arms, so I have a lot of width in my swing. Um, so my my speed is kind of natural. Um, but I just I just I'm just very scared that I'm I'm just gonna completely lose my my swing if I do it too much. And I it's it's just I believe that I'm long enough. Uh, it's just I, I need to work in some other areas to to gain the most. It's all about how where can I pick the lowest hanging fruits and and it's not gaining length for me. It's uh, it's the short game, chipping and wedging. Uh, right. So j- j- just a uh, well, just mentioning Bryson and Fina there. Obviously, um, obviously we all know what we get is it's uh, it's Augusta this weekend. Will you be watching? And um, yeah, is if you if you had to say maybe a couple of players that you think could either win or go well, um, who are you picking? Well, first of all, I really really hope the Tigers gonna play, but it looks very much like it right now. Um, and it's just you can never underestimate him, can you? I don't think he's gonna win, but. I wouldn't be surprised if he did something incredible at that event. Um, for my picks, well, I've been talking this whole time. What about letting me hear yours first? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Put, 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 putting me on the spot. Oh, no. 100%. Um, um, well, I mean, I've... I've got two. That, uh, I've got two that I've um, that I've been keeping an eye on for a while. That uh, especially for the Masters, that I feel that could go well. Um, one of them being Patrick Cantley. Yes. He's done well I, there before. Who I, yeah, who I think obviously obviously had a tremendous run last year, um, winning the Fed, FedEx Cups um, rankings. Um, I just, I just think Cantley is due, is due a major, if not a win, he's due maybe a, maybe a top two, top three finish in a major because um, out with the FedEx Cup series in that last year, 
last year especially with the majors, he wasn't he wasn't fantastic. So I feel he's he's got to do better this year, and uh, he's he's definitely a player that's very much capable of winning a major championship. So yeah, Cantley for me, who is one of my fancies, and the other one is one of the one of the best. Well, one of the best players in the world to watch and he's one of the most beautiful men in the world as well. It's Adam Scott. <laughs> <laughs> you have a big of a crush on him. Well, everyone has. Uh, uh, man crush, if you want to say that. Aye. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he's a beautiful man. Uh, what can you say? But uh, no, I think uh, I, I think Adam Scott's a fantastic player, and um, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I I certainly think um, certainly think he's more than capable of winning an green jacket. Um, obviously, he's yeah. won before, and um, he's played it about a fifty million times. <laughs> Augusta, and I think um, experience is definitely key at Augusta, and. Um, He's definitely trending in the right direction. So, yeah, I think Adam Scott could go well too. So, yeah, there's two for you. Pat- yeah. Patrick Cantley and Adam Scott. That's your two. I'm Nicholas, throw, yourself. Uh, I'm going to throw in uh, a very, very good iron player that just seems scared of, of absolutely nothing and can compete on every level. We've seen that before. Uh, my fellow Scandinavian. Victor Hovland. Oh, Victor um, Hovland, of course. Yeah. I'm not sure about his. Uh, I don't even. Know. He's probably played it maybe once. I'm. I, I don't know about that. But I could just see him <laughs> play well, well at uh, pretty much every event. And he seemed seems very, very um, unimpressed with the, even how how high the level is. He's there to compete. Yeah. Um, I think. I think uh, oh, oh, Hovland, um, I believe it was tied 12 as a, as an amateur uh, on right. his first That's start right. at Augusta. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he played last year, uh, if I'm led to believe as well. Uh, yeah, he finished tied 21st last year, and I believe it was only his second start. So he's a much yeah. better player. So yeah, fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Um. You want a second pig as well, don't you? <laughs> Let's go for an out of the out of yeah. the box pick, Nicholas. Come on. <laughs> Could it be? Um, if we go a little bit further down, um, Tyrell Haddon, Tyrell Haddon. Um, yep. Oh, fair enough. Good, good iron player as well, and um, I could just see him. Yeah, I could see him do well. He's taking his nose into big events, and he's won big events. Uh, I don't even know what his best major record is, but he also seemed very un- unimpressed with them. Uh, yeah. Recently, recently he's not been fantastic in the majors. Um, Tyrrell Hatton, but um, if there's a player that's more than capable, he's definitely more than capable of, of winning a big one. Um, could you imagine the Could you imagine the celebrations if Tyrrell Hatton won the green jacket? Yeah, 
<laughs> I could. Well, I'm going to pick these two and you're going to have your two. And I think we should bet a dinner on this. And then uh, if you're ever out of uh, at a tournament, we'll, uh, we'll settle it when uh, when we, Victor he wins. <laughs> oh, when Adam Scott, the beautiful man, wins. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well, uh, well, I'm actually... So I'm actually going to be at the Belfry with my co-host uh, on the Saturday for the British Masters, and I'll also be at two days of the Open Championship at St Andrews in July. So okay, well I'm, I'm going to the Belfry. Of... <laughs> uh, well, well, better hope you make Saturday then, mate. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um. And yeah. Uh, and um. Well, um. It's actually good to be an honour, really, to go to my first Open Championship. Um. With especially with it being at St Andrews, it's pretty iconic. It's the 150th Open yes, Championship this year. So. Yeah, can't wait for that. I mean, I'm pretty buzzing for that. I'm not going to lie about that. So, yeah. Um, okay. Yes. I hope you already took so, yeah. the accommodation because I talked to Nikolaj's caddy and it's it's pretty expensive that week. Yeah, uh, I think me and a friend, um, uh, we, we, we kind of missed out um, a little bit too late on the kind of accommodation, but I, I stay only about... Uh, well, I'm from Edinburgh, so uh, okay. that's only about, it's only about, I don't know, just over half an hour, 45 minutes Easy. on Easy. the train, if that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it should be okay. Um, yeah, so just a few f- few questions about yourself, um, and then I'll, I'll let you head off uh, to enjoy the rest of your day. So... Um, so you alluded to uh, the kind of start that you kind of played football growing up. Um, was there any more any more sports that you kind of played um, growing up? And um, is there a uh, are you a fan of football? Have you got a, a a football team you support? I'm not a I'm not a big big fan. Uh, I watch it and I I know what's going on, but I'm not I'm not very fanatic about it. Yeah, I support the uh, FC Copenhagen, but it's not like I'm okay. going to every game. Um, I played a bit of hockey when I was younger, and now when I'm I'm off, I like to play paddle tennis, uh, which is becoming very very big yeah. here. Um, and that's that's kind of it. Not fair enough. Um, were you were you any good at football? Um, what, uh, like kind no. of when you were playing? At- not really, no. Or did you just? Or did you just enjoy? Did you just enjoy playing in a team? Or? Yeah, I I played for seven years, and you know, it's just it's just just as much of as having fun with the guys. Yeah, I was playing midfielder, center, mm-hmm. and but no no big talent at all. Just enjoyed it. I mean, I mean, I used to play. I used to play football like back in the school days, but then then all of a sudden I got fat, and uh, yeah, that was that. <laughs> End of it. 
<laughs> yeah, that was the end of it. Found too many beers to, uh, and eating too much of the too much of the junk food, and that was that. <laughs> <laughs> That's that career. Um, uh, who would you say? Um, so out of the out of the players you played with um, throughout the the systems, well. I'm, I'm going to say the Danish players that you played with, uh, who have you been impressed with the most that maybe that maybe folk won't know that much of? The most impressive player. Um, I am, well, people know him, but I'm very, very impressed with uh, JB Hansen. Just watching him on the range, it looks like nothing can go wrong. Um, I think he has so many more wins in him. And it just, he has this attitude of, seems like he doesn't care. Um, also, Lucas, yeah, God, you know, mm-hmm. coming up, he was so, so impressive. And he still is. Uh, he just, he has some stuff he needs to figure out probably mentally, but he is such raw talent and it would deeply surprise me if he's not going to, well, he's definitely going to start winning again. I don't know how soon, but hopefully, because he's a good guy as well and and he's going to win a lot if he, he, yeah, he should be doing at least. I mean, I mean, you don't, you don't finish third in the WGC match play if you're not a very, very, very good player, so... No. No, no, he is very, very good. He's, yeah. But it's up and down, and that's just how, where golf is brutal. He he beat Tiger Woods and finished good in that event, and then, yeah, he's been struggling since. It's brutal. Uh, yeah, definitely a brutal sport. Um... In terms of in in terms of like an up and coming player that maybe uh, that that uh, that you're kind of maybe impressed with the likes of I don't know maybe a John Axelson or someone like that um is there, is there any of that type of player that that you kind of like the look of? Uh, yeah, well, John is very very good. Uh, I would say a guy who's a little bit younger, uh, Sebastian Friedrichsen, just turned pro this year. Key is okay. good. Uh, yeah, just uh, write that name down. Uh, he has no fear, and he's very impressive. Uh, you'll see more of him. Sebastian Friedrichsen, very impressive player. Well, we'll keep. I'll keep that one in mind for sure. Uh, N- N- Nicholas, Nicholas's suggestion, uh, Sebastian <laughs> Friedrichsen. Yeah. Um, what? Uh, the, 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 there's there's a guy that just uh, there's a young lad that just won uh, a few weeks ago, didn't there, on the challenge to Oliver Hundebill Jorgensen? Mm-hmm. Is that is that right? Yeah, that's it. And he was actually close to this week as well. Yeah, I know after Saturday he was leading by four, but uh, had a tough final day. He is. Is, uh, is he a, <laughs> is he a player that? Is he a player that you kind of know of, uh, know much about? Yes, uh, he's a good lad. He is uh, one of the most talented guys 
Um, he just needs to to work a bit more. Um, but he has one of the best talents I've seen. He is very impressive. Such good hands. Just again, raw talent. It's just you know, a bit lazy sometimes. Was it Hundable Jurgensen? Yeah. I take it that's nowhere near the pronunciation <laughs> that is required. Hundable, uh, but he is just a, such a good. Well, he's a very good guy, but he's just yeah, just you know, just want him to practice a little bit uh, because yeah, he is in for something if he he works a bit more. Um, and what does what does the kind of so what does the kind of future hold uh, for you then, Nicholas? Yeah, well, home for one more week, and then uh, the season just begins. Um, playing four weeks in a row, week off, four weeks in a row, and just you know trying to make the most out of my my rookie season. Uh, I am very very excited, and then. Um, just cannot wait to. We haven't played for any big crowds in outside of Europe, so I've heard that the Belfry is a very, very cool tournament. The British Masters. And I cannot wait to go there. I'm bringing four mates over, and I'm very excited to play that one. I'm very excited to play the Irish Open and to play the the Maiden Himalayan Danish events. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, um, if so, if you make it through on a Saturday and we see that uh, there's there's four guys with a massive Danish flag, we know it's your mates in. Hundred <laughs> percent, no shirts on, just the painted. <laughs> no, no, no shirts on Denmark across our bodies with a massive Danish flag. We know it's your, we're not your friends. Exactly. exactly. Too bad. Um, you are, um, yeah. Um, uh, so what, what, what's your next, your next two tournaments is uh, one, one in Spain and uh, and another course uh, that you're very familiar with from your Nordic Golf League days at the. PG Catalonia. Yeah. What can you kind of tell us about these two two courses coming up? Because um, for for some of the for some of the guys that are invested in the DP World Tour, they might not know a little bit about these two courses coming up. So, the, what the can you kind of tell us? The first one is the one they used to. They changed the name this year, but it used to be Lumina. Lumina. They had the, oh, yeah. the Q School yeah. final as well uh, a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not the hardest course. It's um, yeah, kind of yeah. That's a pretty easy course uh, with a lot of water though. Uh, but then you go up to Catalonia, and that is definitely one of the best ball striking courses you'll find in Europe. I hope they grow up the rough a little bit and make the greens firm. They had the Spanish Open in. Maybe five years ago, where the winner score was minus five or minus six, and that just—that's a really, really good uh, all-striking course, and one that I'm very excited to go to. Uh, it's, it's one of the best courses you'll find in Europe for sure. And one from your Nordic Golf League days that you've—you've you've had relative, relative success at, haven't you? I played it a lot of times, um, but there we play. 
both courses. They have a stadium and a tour course. And we're playing the stadium course, and that's by far the best one. And I think it's gonna it's it's made for tournaments, and I think it's gonna be good television to watch. I'll I'll look forward to it as always yeah. uh, when it comes to the when it comes to the DP World Tour. I would, I would say uh, uh, it's definitely my favorite tour to watch for sure. The DP World Tour. Good. Well, um, taking note they have the the hole three and that course is uh, one of my favorite holes in the course, well in the world, where you you it's a long par five, a little bit downhill and dark leg left, and and mm-hmm. you have trees off both sides and and you need to hit the fairway and if you hit a good drive, you have maybe three wood or four iron in, and and that shot is just. Oh, it's good. You have uh, water all the way up left and you have water right. It's kind of like a peninsula green and you need to hit a high, high draw. And that shot is just one of the, the best you'll find in golf. I hope they, they do. I hope they're going to do a good job with the television there and they have the pro trace and everything because that is that is something. The whole three, take notes, whole three. Hopefully at PGA. The uh, Catalonia Stadium course. Yeah. Noted. Noted. <laughs> um and yeah, so um so yeah, but, but, but basically um kind of uh, what 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 would you do if um so if you manage to gain your 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 first DP World Tour victory this season, um what kind of uh, what would the kind of celebrations be like? And um, yeah, um, yeah, basically, what 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 kind of celebration? What kind of uh, celebrations can we expect if you were to be victorious this year? Shots off, shots off in the water. I don't know. Um, down down in a bottle of beer. <laughs> I hope it's something good. I know it's just going to be raw emotion. And, well, I don't want it to plan anything. I just want it to be all impulsive. Uh, I can't wait for it to happen. So it's going to happen anytime soon. But, you know, it's, yeah, just focus on, on my, my job on the golf course and in my practice. And, you know, if I do a good job practicing towards it, it, it should, should hopefully happen. I mean, yeah. I mean, fair enough, man. Maybe a little bit uh, going a little bit too much into the future, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, no, uh, no. I've got a funny thing to say that um, uh, so me and my co-host uh, Jamie, we um, we we both done uh, f- five players to watch in the DP World Tour uh, each on the podcast before the. Before the season kind of started, um, yeah, I may have three Danish players in there, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not you. <laughs> so I've got, so I've got Marcus. So I've got Marcus. Um, how how do you pronounce that? Because this is going to frustrate me for the rest of my life. It's uh, Marcus Helikil. Haley, Haley Killer. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Is that right? 
Alle kilde. I mean, I mean, I've heard all sorts of variations um, from different podcasts and stuff. It's like Marcus Helikilde or Helikilde, <laughs> something like way, that. The easy way to go about it <laughs> is just to do the direct translation, and if you translate it, it would be holy source. <laughs> okay, just just say that. So Marcus Helikile, um Thorbjorn Olsen, who I think uh, will eventually have a good year because um, he's obviously he's free of all the pe- personal stuff that obviously I won't go into, but uh, he's he's free of that and he's too he's too much of a good player to um, yeah. to yeah. be four hundred odd in the world. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's not a five-time European tour, uh, European tour winner for nothing at the end of the day. So yeah, I, I feel he he will come good eventually this year. Johannes yeah. Wiermann was was another one. Um, a certain Nicholas Norgard Miller. And uh, not gonna lie. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're on there, mate. Good man. Good man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. My my reasoning was I was just very impressed of what you done on the challenge tour last year. Uh, from what I seen last year of, of you on the challenge tour, I was very impressed. And uh, yeah, and I've been impressed so far what what you've done. So yeah. Um, uh, sorry, mm- sorry, I haven't uh, done any better, but I'll try and pull myself together for you. <laughs> I mean, I mean, no, no bias at all. But yeah, you're in there, mate. And um, <laughs> and the last. And and the last one was the young South African uh, Jaden Trey Shaper, who's a very very talented player. So yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that. So yeah, there's my five with three Danish, and um, yeah. Ho- hopefully, as I say, no bias. You you beat Thor Thorbjorn and Marcus to a victory. For <laughs> they got me last week, but. Um... <laughs> I'll do my best. I promise you that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, mate. It's, uh, yeah, th- th- thanks so much for taking the uh, time out and um, okay. uh, to to speak to us um, from, I believe, freezing Copenhagen. That's right. Very freezing. About two degrees here. Snowing. Any Not snow? today. Not today, but it has been the last week. Actually, uh, I mean, school, a school 30 minutes from me got the off uh, from school because it was snowing so much uh, on Friday. <laughs> Come on. Come on. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's only, it's only a little bit of snow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly. I mean, just now, if it's any consolation, it's absolutely, um, it's absolutely bucketing down with rain and freezing cold Scotland. So yeah, we're not much better. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 we'll have some snow coming at some point because it's, uh, yeah, it's Scotland. It's unpredictable yeah. the weather. Yeah. Yeah, true. True. Uh, have you got any events planned in Scotland? Are you going to try and qualify for the Open Championship this year? 
uh, well, I think when we play the Belgium, there are going to be three spots when we play, or is it the Dutch? I don't remember. And then uh, I'm not getting into the Scottish uh, and the, the qualifiers at the Tuesday of the Irish. Uh, so I don't think I'm going to play it. It's it's very annoying that it's on the Tuesday, but um, I have played it before and it's quite fun to to play that qualifier uh, with maybe 70 guys playing for three spots. But yeah, you can feel the, the tendency of uh, getting close to the open, which is quite nice. But um, I'm just hoping for, for a good finish in the Dutch and, and win a spot there. So, so, so when you win either the Sudal Open or the uh, or the Dutch Open, uh, you you yeah. you'll manage to qualify for the Scottish, and then you'll uh, you, you you should get your uh, you should play the Open. So it's as simple as that, isn't it? <laughs> it's easy when you put it like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Right, Nicholas. Uh, yeah, it's been a it's it's been an honour, um, man. It's uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's been fantastic to have you on, and uh, yeah, all all the best for the this, this season. And uh, if if I see you, um, if I see you at the Belfry, I'll, I'll I'll be sure to um, I don't know, ask an autograph, a picture, something <laughs> like that. I don't know. Well, thanks for having me on, and uh, and thanks for everything, Craig. That's it's been fantastic, mate, and uh, yeah. Um, keep plodding along for the rest of the season and um, hopefully um, it's a big year for you to come Thank you very much, see you out there buddy Bye Yeah, see you mate, all the best, thank you Bye Thanks <laughs>